Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. On today's show, we're going to explore Facebook's new Bars app, new data on Facebook groups that you're going to find very interesting, Mark Zuckerberg's big plans, and more with Mari Smith. If you want to understand how to benefit from these Facebook changes, then stick around for sure. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm Michael Stelzner, and this is the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. If you want to go deeper, be sure to check out the Social Media Marketing Society, where you'll get instant access to 140 in-depth marketing workshops, live monthly ongoing training, and support from a welcoming community of marketers just like us. Visit socialmediasociety.info. And now for this week's expert guest. Mari Smith is the leading expert on Facebook marketing and author of The New Relationship Marketing. She's also a popular speaker and regular guest on the Social Media Marketing Podcast. Welcome back to the show, Mari. Thank you so much, Mike. It's always a joy to be with you and talking about one of my favorite topics. <laughs> so we're going to start with this new app called Facebook, called Bars. You know, um, mm -hmm. what the heck is it? Tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So Facebook has this department called NPE, which stands for New Product Experimentation. And their sole job is to come up with ideas and apps and platforms and you name it to basically put out on the marketplace and see how people respond, how that specific target market responds. And so one of the things that the NPE is really focused on is, is trying to take a slice of basically TikTok, you know, back in the day with Snapchat, but it's that younger generation that the teens and the tweens and the Gen Zs, basically all part of the same segment, that are maybe not as enamored with Facebook and or Instagram even. And, uh, you know, in order to stay competitive in the very, very long term, five, 10 years, that, you know, Facebook really does have to come up with, with different ways to capture market. So bars is basically a way for you know, aspiring musicians to s sing raps together. So it's like, it's really, didn't they have another app that was for music? It was called a Yeah, they had Collab. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Collab is, I think, is still out there. And then Bars is just for, <laughs> aimed at would-be rappers, right, to create and share their videos. And I'm not, I'm laughing. I don't mean to make fun of rappers. That's, that's, that's absolutely not the point here. The point is like, that Facebook's like, okay, well, hmm, collab, all right. Okay, what is like, how, I could just imagine them sitting around the, the table and go like scratching their heads and go like, okay, how could we like just put something that would take just even a little bit out of TikTok's time on app, you know? But, well, yeah, um, it's, it's kind of interesting because what I've discerned from this is the Bars app has a bunch of like beats, right? And then you can create your own video from it and then you can export the video out of this app and you can put it on Instagram, presumably Reels. Obviously, mm -hmm. there's nothing stopping you from putting it on TikTok as well. 
but I think it's kind of fascinating because if you think of the way TikTok works, it's mostly you lip syncing, right? To yes, other music correct. where this yes. is the creation of music, which I think is kind of cool. So, um, and then the collab, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's something to do with music as well. So I'm, yeah. wonder, I'm wondering whether they're trying to draw maybe more creators over to this side of things. What's your thoughts on that? They absolutely are. So for example, the Bars app has what they call a challenge mode and it actually auto suggests word cues. So, you know, so much of what Facebook does on all its family of apps is machine learning and AI. And so, um, you know, it can literally have an interactive kind of play, if you will, of these creators coming in there and, and going, like you say, just bringing up something new and maybe like kind of like a game-like element to it. Just this kind of fun, um, I don't know, there's an app out there, it's called Smules Auto Wrap. It's maybe something similar, but I don't know, for marketers, you know, I know your audience is predominantly marketers, Mike. I, right. I don't think that practically anything that comes out of N NPE is, is that relevant for marketers quite frankly. Right. But the, you know, the reason I brought it on to the show is because there's clearly a division of uh, really bright people that work for Facebook that are out there spinning off apps, right. Yep. And they're seeing what sticks and what doesn't. And we've seen some of these apps work their way into other things, right? Like I can't remember exactly which ones, but I wouldn't be surprised if Reels started out as an app, you know, and then eventually became Reels, you know? So maybe mm -hmm. these features are eventually going to work their way into Instagram. We just don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. No, Reels was, Reels was just baked right away into Instagram, but, but I hear you. No, uh, and Adam Masseri, the head of Instagram, I mean, he not long back, literally was headlines going by in an interview that he'd said that TikTok is the most formidable com competitor you know, that they've ever had. So it's like, you know, hang loose Facebook and Instagram. You don't have to beat and squelch and compete with every other social app out there, you know, right. but they do. Well, let's That's talk about something Facebook does really, really well, which is groups. Yeah. Um, sure there's thing. a brand new piece of research that came out of NYU's uh, governance lab talking mm -hmm. about groups. So tell us what, what did we discover from this? Uh, give us the scoop. So the scoop is the first off right at, right away the NYU Governance Lab is uh, an independent organization. They're very transparent. You can find out everything on their site, like who gives them money and so on. And their whole aim is to help really the world at large to deepen our understanding of how to govern, how to do governance more effectively and legitimately through technology, which I really love, and they've done some incredible initiatives. So they brought this report out, it's basically called the um, Power of Virtual Communities. So it wasn't just, even the title of it, right? It doesn't say the power of Facebook groups. It says the power of virtual communities. And so what's fascinating about this report when, and you know me, I'm a researcher. I get to the bottom line. I could, I could have been a detective. <laughs> so this report, yes, it's fascinating. It's 55 pages. I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. People can download it, find out more about it. Facebook wrote their own blog post about it. They even did a Facebook Live on February 23rd, had 18,000 viewers uh, and brought in many, many major um, groups. Like there's one with well over a million um, group members. But the Gov Lab was actually um, funded uh, by Facebook. Facebook has funded the Gov, the Governance Lab, uh, over the past five years to the tune of seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, five hundred thousand of which was all last year. And just I thought this would be fun for your listeners here, uh, Mike. That by contrast, Google Google.org funded three hundred thousand to the Gov Lab 
way back in 2013, 14 for something about studying innovations in government. So just, you know, because, you know, obviously they, they do all kinds of initiatives. But what's happening here, I love to stand back, like I go way into the weeds and look at the detail and I'm going to stand back and look at the bigger picture. Like why would Facebook commission the NYU GovLab to create this report all about the power of virtual communities? Well, on the, the positive side, Mike, we both know for the, all the, you know, 15 years we've been in social media that there's some incredible power and positive aspects of belonging to a Facebook group, really belonging to any online community that's well-run, that people are respectful, they share resources, they provide incredible support, like the real humanity aspect of groups. And then, of course, there's the business side. You and I both run several very popular groups. Um, But what I'm seeing, Mike, the writing on the wall, given that I know in our next topic, we're going to talk about Zuckerberg's key areas he's focused on this year, um, in a moment, and, and one of which, at first, I'm always paying attention to the order of priority, but it's communities. And so I thought, ah, oh, yeah, he's commissioned this report. They've done a lot of studying. They interviewed 50 Facebook group leaders, as well as 26 global and academic industry experts for this study of the governments and leadership of uh, Facebook groups. So what's also interesting, Mike, is it's not the kinds of groups necessarily. I mean, I don't know what kind of groups you belong to necessarily, but there's some. I saw this really great guest blog post by David Brooks. He's a New York Times columnist as well as a founder of uh, Aspen Institute's Weave Project. And he said that these groups have a tendency to subvert social hierarchies. In this report, what really popped out to him and struck him is he said that uh, many, many, many of these groups that this GovLab um, researched were started by people who feel they didn't quite fit in. There's like African women living in Germany, Asians living in white majority societies. And so the online definitely creates these opportunities for non-dominant groups, people who might feel uncomfortable walking into an in-person meeting place. So all of that is wonderful, and that's on the more kind of personal, social uh, causes, movements, support, like-minded people that are getting together. Maybe there's like sponsorship opportunities for business and brands. But in terms of marketers, I think we should all pay close attention to how, like, um, like if we watch later this year, six months or so, I think we're going to see some incredibly new features come into groups. We already know about some of them, right? For group owners to be able to monitor. Yeah. And if I could just interject for a second, there's yes, a couple of, of key statistics I think people need to pay attention to yeah, that were absolutely. documented here. Number one is 1.8 billion people use Facebook groups every single month. 1.8 yeah. billion. Mm-hmm. There's 70 million Facebook group admins and moderators that are running groups. So that's a lot of people administering the groups for these 1.8 billion people. And more than half of all users on Facebook are in five or more groups. Now Mm -hmm. that doesn't surprise me because I'm sure you and I are part of a bazillion groups, right? But um, the fact that the majority of Facebook users are in five or more groups is kind of fascinating. So I wanted to bring up this more from the statistical side of it because it's clear you and I both know that Zuckerberg said last year that groups are going to be the big thing, right? I mean, or at least it was clear because they were running ads. Remember all this stuff? Maybe it was even two years ago, but it was obvious that groups was going to be the linchpin to Facebook because as people start going off platform to Instagram Mm -hmm. or to TikTok or to other platforms, 
Facebook knows that, you know, if it's not just you go on there for friends, but you go on there mm -hmm. to be part of a special group where you share right. some sort of an interest or something. I mean, it's true. I think Facebook has got the best group technology out there, period. It's way better than LinkedIn. It's what I see in my feed the most. And, you know, I just thought I was interested in it from the statistical side of it. You, you said you think we've said for a while, we think ads are coming to groups. I mean, don't you think that's coming? Oh, absolutely. Of course they are. They're already in the group's feed, right? I mean, the whole purpose of the new design on desktop, the FB5, they call it, it's only the fifth major overhaul in 17 years, is the fact that you've got uh, groups are right up there front and center, along with the watch platform, marketplace and games. And every one of those individual kind of feeds has, has opportunity for ad placement. And Facebook has to keep creating more, more ad placement. Well, and there was talk about paying group admins, kind of like YouTube pays people that post videos a while back. Have you heard anything about whether or not eventually some of these groups are going to be monetizable or have you heard nothing about that? Oh, gosh, yes, absolutely. For example, the uh, collab brand collabs is, is, is an aspect of pages where you can partner with brands, businesses, and get you do, do sponsorships. So that feature is in groups, not all groups, but it's certainly available to a large number of groups. So collaborating officially and putting your little um, handshake icon in there, but actually charging for features. So for example, whole separate is that paid online events, which is right now just on pages and you can stream live and you can charge money. But that, what I believe is happening, Mike, is that they'll, they're really testing and iterating it for pages. And I think that will come into groups. I think they will have uh, paid groups at some point, maybe we'll see. But Facebook, if we go back to 2017, that's when Facebook hosted their first ever annual community summit. It was in person. It was in Chicago. And it had 300 invite-only group admins. And from there, they've since hosted it uh, in London and a few other places. The, the whole purpose is for like the like on the ground, right? Boots on the ground. Facebook real people meeting group owners and admins in person and discussing what some of their challenges. There's a lot of things around moderating. Um, there's a new thing coming too with the uh, public groups. And that was announced, I believe, la yeah, last year for sure, where, you know, public groups are going to be so much more discoverable, even if you're not on Facebook, you'll be able to come and, and you know, see them and, and see the content and the people in there and whatnot through Google. Mari, we're getting some interesting comments from some of the folks watching live. Mike says yep. ads and group would be amazing. Targeting, I think that would be awesome too. Um, we're getting Jade saying stories for groups would be amazing. We don't yet have that, do we? Or do we? They had it. You know, they tested it right away. They had stories in groups and they took it away. They're always testing things and then like live audio. They had live audio. They should have kept it. So, all right. Well, there's a lot of action going on in groups, and this is a good transition into our our next discussion, which is Mark Zuckerberg every year has his kind of big themes of the year. Yeah. Why don't you give us a high level of what the themes that were that he came up with the top four, and then we can zoom in on the ones that you want to zoom in on. Absolutely. So I'm always, as I mentioned earlier, cognizant of the order in which Zuckerberg presents every, everything. Everything he does is strategic. So the four are number one, communities. Number two, private messaging. Number three, commerce tools, and number four, as he called it, building the next computing platform, the next computer platform. So uh, I definitely want to zero in a little bit more on communities. We've just been talking about that groups report. Um, you know, it's interesting because as you mentioned, Facebook groups is a good tool, but you and I have been around long enough 
to remember things like Yahoo Groups and Ning. <laughs> right. And, and the founder of Ning went on to create Mighty Networks. Correct. I mean, gosh, I even think Google Circles. Right. Wasn't quite the same, but uh, the, the Google Plus Circles, I mean. The thing is, one of the things I was reading in that 55-page report um, of the power of virtual communities is there's immense fear of group owners having arbitrarily their group shut down. And there's also, if we keep in mind, uh, a report that just came out uh, by a company called SEO Clarity. I think I just tweeted it. It was from ZDNet this morning that 40% Americans do not trust Facebook and TikTok. Uh, Google appears to be winning the trust wars. So we've got this lack of trust and then this fear of, oh my God, is Facebook just going to arbitrarily mess with my group? So because I've just commissioned this report last year, and it's just come out in February, and communities is number one on Facebook's list, if you will, or Zuckerberg's priority list, I truly believe that we will start to see some improvements to just the general running. We already are, of course, administration. I don't know about you, but I'm seeing things just like now you can sort by, you know, recent activity or recent posts. Wonderful. Both desktop and uh, mobile. You can, you can sort your- You're talking about in groups? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that, you're talking about the feed or are you talking about within the group itself? Oh, the wall. In the group itself. Yeah. In the actual group itself. Yeah. Because I think that's been there a while. Do you you think- do you think that, uh, unless you're saying something I don't understand, do you think rooms is part of the community functionality too that he's referring to? Because you know how they've been rolling out rooms, you know, for... for Yeah, and insert another little tidbit here, the fact that they're getting rid of watch parties, which just didn't get used that much. And a live watch party is simply a way to kind of mock up doing a live video. And you take any video, any public video or your own videos, and you host this little, I used to call them like movie nights. Well, when that first came out in 2018, they pushed it way up the feed, like get notifications and they were do they're really popular. And then I guess they just had other plans and they dialed it way back and they're you can hardly get any. I use them in groups. I actually use watch parties in groups. But as of April 16th, uh the watch parties are going away in favor of the feature called Watch Together, which is inside Messenger, which is Zuck's number two priority. So if you were doing a video chat with one or more friends, not the rooms per se, but just a video chat inside Messenger, you will see, I chat with my mom all the time and I see it says watch together and you tap on that and you can, just like the watch party, but it's private, you can watch any video that's on Facebook. You can't like pull in Netflix or anything like that, but you can pull in anything on Facebook. My guess, Mike, is they're going to do deals with other streaming companies and you'll be able to do these watch togethers in Messenger and quite possibly also in groups. But yeah, rooms, because I know you're doing that right now in the in the social media workshop group to be able to host these rooms. And they still can only hold 50 people as far as I know. Is that right? I think that's 20 or 50, something like that. Yeah, it's not a very big number. It's like a little Zoom meeting, if you will, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, one of the questions I have about private messaging, many years mm-hmm. ago, Mark Zuckerberg said, hey, we're going to go end-to-end encryption and we're yep. going to get secure on messaging, but I still don't believe they've rolled that out. I mean, is that true or is that not true that they've not yet rolled that out? It's rolled out on WhatsApp, but no, it's not on Instagram and it's not on Messenger. Yeah. But the, what they do have on Messenger, which is now integrated with Instagram, well, if you want to, you don't have to, but um, eventually it always cracks me up how Facebook tries these things. Hey, that's optional. You know, you can try the new pages experience if you want, but then I'm sure at some point they'll just force it. So the thing with um, messengers, they have the option to do what they call disappearing messages. That's not encrypted per se, but at least it's not going to, quote, stick around, as Zuckerberg says. 
So there's use cases for that. But I, I don't know. I just personally, I remember actually way back in the day, David Marcus did a little demo and he was sending these daughter like van details. Look, now you can safely and securely send, you know, private information through right, a right. disappearing message. Well, you know, it may very well be if we think, if the marketer in me activates, which I'd like to activate my marketing senses now, I would say yes. the following about private messaging. If his number two mission is private messaging, I don't think he truly means private. I think he means one-on-one messaging because if he really wanted private, he would have done what he said he was going to do many years ago and turn on encryption. And the truth of the matter is that Mark Zuckerberg has confessed himself that once that turns on, there'll be less targeting options, right? So the fact is right now, Facebook is feeling pressure from iOS 14 and other updates to basically not track as much stuff, right? So they're probably going to slow down. Uh, encrypted end-to-end messaging. So right now, the fact is that everything we communicate, who we communicate with, the actual words that we say, it's all being tracked by mm-hmm. Facebook and they know what what our interests are based on the things that we interact with in a private messaging capacity. And right. I think they're hoping deep down that we forgot that Mark Zuckerberg said, we're going to have privacy end-to-end. So I don't know, did he actually talk about true privacy when he mentioned no, see, you, you, I think you're collapsing the two things. It's like there's end-to-end encryption, and then what he's calling private messaging just means that it's the it's done through one of the messaging apps. So let's not forget WhatsApp here, because WhatsApp's the you know the big beast that's going to be the big payday eventually, and and that does have end-to-end encryption. But what that big mess they made with the PR announcement of the, the WhatsApp permissions is it's all about business messaging, Mike. See, it's and, and that's where like the number three being commerce tools. All right, I like that. I like where you're going with that. So this messaging, but what I'm trying to say is they are getting insight on us based on our private messages that allows our, the open graph. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, of course, and we are getting comments from people here. It's true that you can do encrypted messages on Facebook, but it's really kludgy if you want to do those, you know, messages, it's you got to take a lot of steps. So talk about what this messaging, how this connects to business. Cause I'm interested in that for sure. Well, what happened, that big blow up with the WhatsApp and it caused people to basically rush on mass to get like Signal or Telegram. It was just a mess of communication in actual fact that uh, the new terms on WhatsApp, they've been sharing data with Facebook since like 2016. But the new permissions is around communicating privately with a business because then the commerce tools, like we've got Facebook shops, Instagram shops, all the different ways you can pay and check out and never leave the app. That's all coming to WhatsApp. And just in the green room offline, we were talking about Facebook's digital currency, DM. So, you know, Facebook's going after the one point, whatever is one and a half billion unbanked in some of the developing countries where they'll be able to use like Facebook's digital coin and, and, and check out on WhatsApp, get support through Instagram, Messenger, wherever they want. And all the while, as you just mentioned, absolutely, it's about tracking the data. It's about providing a service, of course, and helping more businesses to flourish. And you imagine that from end to end, from the prospect all the way to a paying customer and their buying habits and everything, it's all going to be getting added to that giant repository of data. What's this next big computer thing? Tell us what that's all about. That's AR and VR. So it's Facebook Virtual Reality Labs, and it's basically the Oculus. It's uh, it's AI. You know, Zuckerberg made this kind of surprise appearance on a clubhouse room a few weeks back. You probably know about that or heard about yeah, it. Yeah. And he said, you know, why are we transporting when we should be, we could be teleporting? 
And so he has this vested interest in making sure that the whole world knows about like you've got the little the ray bands are coming out. So they're not going to look like, you know, the next version of kind of like Google Glass, if you will. But yeah, there's use cases. I was doing a keynote the other week there and, uh, about Facebook what's coming. And the I, I brought up as a case study, it's brilliant how like the Hilton Hotel uses Oculus to train like tens of thousands of employees and all the different you know scripts and how they do their uh, customer service. So in uh, summary, uh, number one is communities on Zuck's list. Number two is private messaging. And you're saying that's really going to be a business play. Yes. Number three is commerce tools. And that means they want to own the world of business, right? And who blames them? I mean, like everybody's there already. If they can do more commerce there, then they'll keep businesses on the platform. And then building out the next computer platform really is augmented reality and virtual reality is what I'm hearing you say. Is yes. that correct? Correct. So is there any other news uh, that's happened since the last time you were on the show that you want to mention? We were just talking about the shops. So uh, Facebook's rolled out shops into both the UK and Canada, which is, is good news for uh, my two countries, my two nationality countries. Do you think that shops is all part of this commerce side of things? I mean, the, the oh, shops will eventually yeah. be everywhere. And, and for people that don't know what that is, just give a quick overview of what shops can do. It's predominantly aimed towards retail. So if you have a physical product that is sold, like if you sell on Amazon or eBay or whatever, and then you, you've got a shop on your website, you use Shopify, they're partnering with all of these different shopping tools, Shopify being one of them. And that now really, really easy as people are going down, let's say, just thumbing through your Instagram feed, either your wall posts and videos your stories or your reels and they go, oh, I love that top or I love that hat or sunglasses or makeup. And it's the products are tagged and they just tap on the tag. Now they're in your shop, add to cart, check out, buy, it's all stored in there. And then they just carry on scrolling. And they never never leave the app. They never leave the app. And it's Facebook or Instagram. Is that correct? Right. And coming to WhatsApp. Huh. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. And maybe even Messenger, I would think too. Somehow, yeah, you right? get customer service, post and uh, pre and post customer service in, in Messenger. Interesting. And just tap, tap a link to buy. It. Are any of your customers actually uh, using shops? I mean, any yeah. of the people in your communities really? Are they finding success with it? Some are, some are, some are. Like for one one client springs to mind, she actually has a, a uh, bikini and underwear uh, uh retail store online. She has great difficulty getting some of her images approved because you can imagine it's like. Right, right, right. It's all done by AI and there is, it can be really persnickety. So, <laughs> But she's been able to get it to work. So that's fascinating. So talk to us about this newsletter tool stuff that Facebook's working on. Okay. I have to interject right here. The newsletter tool, as some people might know, you've got uh, Substack. Some folks might've heard of Substack. It's a wonderful place where writers can, and independent journalists can, you know, b- basically generate revenue from their knowledge. And then all of a sudden Twitter, Twitter acquired a newsletter rival called Review, our EVUE, uh, uh, I've seen some folks use, using that. It looks really great. And then I saw one of my favorite tech journalists, Kara Swisher, and she says in a tweet, she had just interviewed, I think, the CEO of Substack, and she literally tweeted, does Facebook have one fresh idea or do they need to swipe them all? <laughs> so, right. Well, they got the wrapping app. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They got fresh new idea. So so is, what does this mean? So they're working on something to compete with Substack? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's basically what they say. Uh, Facebook's vice president for global news partnerships is Campbell Brown. She's been with Facebook a long time. 
And she's saying, we want to do more to support the independent journalists and experts who are building businesses and audiences online. We're exploring ways to help them benefit from the news products we've built, like Facebook News and subscriptions, while also building new tools to complement what journalists already find useful. Fascinating. Facebook has really done a number on on news media and journalists. And then, so this is almost like trying to come back and, and say, hey, okay. Yeah. I hear that, but didn't they also say they were going to be doing email stuff a couple of months ago too? Is this could this all be tied to it? Well, they, yeah, because they bought that customer. We talked about that on our last show in January. The customer with a K, they acquired a CRM right. company. Right, right, right. And oh, but that's a good point with the email part of it. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that inside of uh, a business manager. You know, my my concern with this is the same concern I had with Twitter and Review is that you know these social platforms are designed to own and not share your data, right? Like you can't export your Facebook fans and you can't export your Twitter followers very easily that I'm aware of. So the real question is, are these tools that you will be able to start a newsletter and then leave, or are you going to be stuck with it forever? Right? Because I would proceed with great caution because I think Zuckerberg and many others understand there's this creator economy that's emerging, right? And you've got all these creators that are making a lot of money on TikTok, a lot of money on YouTube, a lot of money selling um, non-fungible tokens in the, in the world of digital cryptocurrency. And there's this like whole big economy of these incredible influencers that create either the written word, the spoken word, or, you know, digital art. Mm -hmm. And then you've got, you know, the move where social is getting harder to get off platform with social, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, all the algorithms are repressing links, if you will, that take off platform, right? So the idea seems like, why would I want to, the very platform that won't give me any reach to my off platform stuff, right? Yes. And I'm trying to get people off platform so I can grow my newsletter, right? Why would I let them be the ones to manage that entire thing? I have incredible skepticism against this. I do too. I have a healthy dose of skepticism. Always have with Facebook. I always look for the ulterior motive because there always is one with Facebook. Right. That's right. why the trust is so low because they say one thing on the one side, but you know, you can feel, you can sense, okay, something else is going on here. And, and in that report we're talking about earlier on the communities, that was one of the other concerns was about the algorithms in the newsfeed. And that even like if the larger your group, the less people are actually seeing or they have to go into the group and, you know, one by one, make sure they're seeing everything. But I, I do think, you know, as I was, I was preparing for this interview today, Mike, I really had this gut strong feeling that's been growing for a while that there's this opening for like another, not ever like a major platform to full on compete with Facebook, but like aspects of it, right? Little like components. And I think with this. With I think, I think you're right. We're right there. We're right, right there on the right. precipice. Like Clubhouse has opened the door, right? For yeah. all these other startups, right? And, um, and I think Facebook being now the 800 pound gorilla, right? Is going to have to start acquiring or copying. And that's just gonna, unfortunately going to keep happening. They can't acquire much right now. There was all those antitrust lawsuits yeah, pending. Exactly. Small acquisitions, but they could not right now do a bit big, they probably get stopped from doing any major acquisition. Everyone that's still with us right now, you know, Facebook has still got the biggest audience in the world, bar none, right? And there's incredible opportunity for us marketers who just kind of pay attention, even though the whole world is kind of changing right now with privacy stuff and international stuff and Australia doing this and all these crazy things that have been happening. Um, there is opportunity and change for those that pay attention. Opportunity um, as 
other marketers start focusing on new bright, shiny objects like Clubhouse and maybe don't pay as attention to Facebook. It's just like people who said email is dead 10 years ago, right? Or people who said like people don't read anymore, right? Um, People still read. People still get email, right? So don't like get stuck in the bright, shiny object syndrome. Like it's going to take a long, long, long time for anybody to really, truly go head to head with Facebook. They've got plenty of time. And while we might not like everything they do, we as marketers, you know, our job at our business is to tap whatever opportunities present themselves for the purpose of the business that we work for, right? To try to figure these things out. And that's why I bring people like Mari on the show, because Mari thinks about these things and I think about these things. And, you know, it's it's a fascinating time. We're going to look back a year from now. We're going to say, okay, really interesting changes have happened, right? There's going to be for sure new opportunities, but there's also still incredible opportunities. I still believe Facebook groups is the best way to bring communities together, bar none. I still believe Facebook ads are the best advertising platform, period, bar none. And, you know, some of the other stuff, we're just going to figure it out as we go. So leave us with a couple of encouraging words, Mari, about maybe Facebook in general. I love what you just said, that it's up to us marketers to tap, to tap deeply into all that Facebook offers. I am an eternal optimist and I'm also a realist because it's like, let's take advantage of what Facebook offers. Don't get caught up in all the negativity and and, and just throw the towel in and go, that's it, I'm leaving Facebook. They're just this, they're that. No, they're too big to just do uh, it's too big an opportunity, as you said. It's over 3 billion people with the entire family of apps together. So as marketers, you can't ignore that unless you just have to, but maybe you don't. <laughs> so taking advantage of what they offer and being mindful that Facebook is rented land. It always will be. You're, you're a tenant. Go and make sure that you're also a landlord, that you own your email list, that you have a platform where you host your content and maybe even have a community platform somewhere outside of Facebook as well. As if all of a sudden, the click of a button, Facebook decided to shut down your group and you've got tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or even over a million members. You have to have a way to be able to reach them and just as a backup plan even. Um, But anyways, yeah, as marketers, keep on going, pay close attention. Mike and I have your back. Um, There's tons more to learn of what Facebook's up to. There's a long way to go. And in many aspects, you know, the whole team, the leadership team talk about how they're only just getting started, even though they're 17 years old. Well, and folks that don't track Mari on Facebook, she goes live, I think, multiple times a week and kind of covers important things to know and to follow. And if you want to spend a little bit more time with Mari, Mari, where can they find you on Facebook if they want to start? Mari Smith, one with blue check and uh, Instagram's good. Twitter, I'm on regularly. And then my own group is called Social Scoop, Mari Smith Social Scoop. Very, very active and supportive, wonderful group. All right, folks. Well, there you heard this week's news, uh, the stuff you need to know. We filter through all the ridiculous stuff and just focus on the things that we think are either important right now or will be important for you down the road. Don't forget to check out Social Media Marketing Society. This is a place where marketers debate and get support and go through really extensive training with a lot of people like Mari. Socialmediasociety.info is where you can check that out. And if you want to listen to another show, the Social Media Marketing Podcast, I would suggest. I know the host. I hear he's decently okay. I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's me for those that don't know what I'm talking about. Until next time, uh, may you make wise marketing decisions. We'll see you all next time. Thank you so much. Bye, Mari. Bye. 
The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.